0: Welcome. This is Wrestling with the Future. I'm your host, Psychic Meanie Angelo, joined as always by the guru who knew. He's the Encyclopedia Britannica of Pro Wrestling, Jeff the Ref Robinson. Hey, Jeff, how are you, brother?
1: I'm doing good. Uh, How are you doing there, Angelo?
0: I am wonderful. I'm terrific. And we got a special show tonight, my friend. But before we get into it, let's do a little housekeeping. It's been a busy week in wrestling. Of and course. I understand some shake up at the top at WWE yep they uh, Fill me in what's going on
1: they canned their top two executive pres- uh, president uh presidents um it went it, it happened uh I want to say it happened last Friday Thursday Friday last week and before you knew it I mean it was within a matter of they said four hours Vince Vince lost like 300 million dollars. All, on his stock alone um he by took that thousand,
0: big of a hit
1: oh yeah it was huge it was i mean maybe they, they wow. had uh like a 23 percent drop in, in in the stock but that tends to be what happens when you have uh you know when you got a shake up like that on any corporate yeah. level whether it's wrestling or you know walmart or anything you know when you start Chopping heads at the top level, people start getting a little scared with well, the money. Jeff, so. how does that affect the overall product? I think overall, you're going to start seeing them have to change some things around, and you're going to start seeing them more or less not. You know, I, I think they may pull the reins back some more instead of being so tight on everything. It's going to be, you know what? You guys are wanting to see the numbers. Y'all are wanting to see things get produced. We got to, we got to put the edge back just a little. I ain't saying much, but you got to put a little bit of the edge back to what they have. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, uh, no no matter how you look at it, it looks like WWE is in a little bit of a dire strait here. Um, If history repeats itself, they won't be in this position long. They never are. You know, it seems like if you have the financial resources to bail yourself out of trouble, uh, you do so. And Vince McMahon has ample financial resources, But what do you make of this lawsuit against Vince McMahon over where he's getting the funding for the XFL?
1: To my knowledge, the the funding's all come from his own pocket.
0: Well, that's part of the problem. They don't think it is. Well,
1: I think it's going to have to, I mean, when it comes out, the man had withdrawn over 300-something million dollars of his own stock money and cashed it out.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, he, he certainly has it, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, so I, I think it could just, I think that's people just, again, I think it's uh,
0: people being scared. Yeah, I think you're right. Jeff, so, we got to hell of a show tonight, brother. Yeah, we do. We are going to take a look at Cowboys in Wrestling. All right. How the West ruled the squared circle for a very long time, in fact we have some special guests. Uh, Introducing first from uh, the grand old state of North Carolina is Dusty Joe Slater. Dusty Joe, welcome. Thanks for having me. You're quite welcome. We have uh, Scott Casey, Cowboy Scott Casey. Are you with me, Scott?
2: Absolutely. I'm here. All right, brother. And
0: I have Tyron Eric Dawson. Eric, are you with me? Yes, sir. And, of course, I have none other than the guru who knew, Jeff the Ref Robinson. We're all, we, we hoped to have uh, Cowboy Johnny Mantell with us, but uh, uh, Johnny is uh, experiencing uh, quite inclement weather where he is in Texas. Uh, and so um, you know, we, uh, we have to uh, reschedule maybe Johnny for another time. Sounds like it. Yeah. Because I want him to talk about the Hall of Fame, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So let's get into uh, the Cowboys and wrestling. So Jody, uh, and by the way, Dusty Joe Slater is is Jody uh, Lewis. And so I'm just going to call you Dusty. Is that okay with you?
3: That's fine with me.
0: All right. So you're a veteran of the ring. Uh, You go back. Probably 32 years or so. I believe we, we kind of narrowed it down to about 30, 32 years. Yes. Okay. And and what, you know, you seem like a normal guy. And this is kind of an abnormal business for somebody of your intellect. You seem like you're like almost too smart for wrestling. How the hell did you get involved in this wacky sport? I don't
3: know if I'm too smart for it or not. But <laughs> Because you never learn it all. As long as you're in there, you never learn it all. But, uh, now I got interested in it back when uh, IWA was coming around little towns and stuff. And they had Argentino Paulo, Dino Bravo. And they had uh, Mighty Igor. And guys like it. Well, I was... You know, getting ready to get my teens when I started going to the live events and that just sunk into me. So it it went into my head and it just stayed there until I could get into the business myself.
0: So you got bit by the wrestling bug at a young age as as a lot of us do, you know, and uh, so what was it about your character. It seems like and I've watched videotape of you and I've seen some of your matches. What is it about you and your style that endears you to the cowboy character?
3: Well, I've always been a fan of the guys from the West like White Earp and stuff like it. You know, the cowboy thing and then you go in uh Kansas in the Abilene and then you had you know Wild Bill Hickok in there. But sure. Boy things I always i to me, I've told my mom I should have been born in the eighteen hundreds. But I, yeah. but uh, I portrayed a cowboy because to wear the white hat, well, that's the guy that takes law and order into his hands.
0: And, and if, efforts. if anybody has never seen Dusty Joe Slater wrestle, you are the quintessential babyface. Correct. You're the guy on the white horse that rides in and saves the day.
3: That's right. And that,
0: that seems to suit you just well. On the other hand, we have a guy on the show tonight who has spent much of his career the opposite end of that spectrum. And that's Cowboy Scott Casey. Scott. Yes. Talk to me about being a bad guy, Cowboy, brother. Well, you got it
2: backwards because I was a true baby face there in San Antonio for years. Oh, yeah, not but the, you were. Not the heel. Somebody's got to get your menu straightened out because I raised <coughs> quarter horses in San Antonio for, God, 12, 14 years. And I wrestled down there, wrestled in Florida. Like an old friend of mine, Sputnik Monroe, once told me, he said, Kid, by the time you finish this profession, you will have been like Coca Cola. And I said, What do you mean? He said, You will have gone everywhere. And he was right. I went around the world nine times doing this crazy stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was, and, uh, and I was too pretty to be a heel, anyway, I'm going to tell you right well, now. I mean, you, you did, you had a
0: short run as a heel, though. Uh, When I
2: first went into San Antonio, right. Blanchard was the big baby face, and they exactly. wanted to be the heel. Yeah. And uh, for some reason, it didn't get over, and the people like me, and so Joe got telling me back and. And said, "Look, guys, let's switch this. You know, Scott, you're going to be the baby face. Tully, you be the heel." He loved Okay. Me. He loved him. His attitude. Well, I, you know, I
0: I knew that you were uh, that you that you worked heel. I knew that for sure. I wasn't sure how far back though, Scott. To be honest with you.
2: Well, you know, <laughs> I you, you, these guys are talking about going 30 years. I go back 50 years. Yeah. I started wrestling in 1970. Yeah, and what is now twenty twenty? There you go, and uh, yeah. it's you know I mean guys like Terry Funk, Dick Murdoch, Ted DiBiase, sure, uh, Cruiser Brody—they all came from West Texas, and we all came from Amarillo. And uh, what what's
0: it, what is in the water in West Texas that just seems to spew out champion wrestlers? I don't know. I guess
2: it, you know you live there it's a miserable place to live for all (laughs) you folks from amarilla it's flatter than water on a platter and honest to god you can stand out there on the prairie do a 360 never see a tree so i guess that makes you kind of mean you don't have any shade uh, (laughs) no really it it's it's just i don't know whether it's in the water or what but i mean all these guys were like a friend of mine said, they're tougher than goat's breath, and they really were. I mean, yeah. when I first started, can you picture this? I was in the ring with Dick Murdoch, Duke Myers, Terry Funk, Dory Funk, and they were taking turns beating the you-know-what out of me.
4: Yeah, I hear
2: and, uh, you. Finally, you know, they said, well, I guess we're going to have to teach him. He won't quit. Yeah, and that was my attitude my whole life, you know. But I mean, that sure. you know, it's just a lot of tough guys out there, you know, that really had good talent, you
0: know. And yeah,
2: I was very blessed to run with them.
0: Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, we have Tyrant Eric Dawson with us, and Eric is just a young pup. Well, younger, <laughs> a, a younger pup, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so let me ask you a quick. Let me ask you this, Eric. Why are we endeared to the Cowboy? What is it about the Cowboy that we love? Even well, if he's a heel, why do we love the heels?
5: Well, uh, for me, I, I think I think the Cowboy gimmick image always represented, whether it was good or bad, generally, it's still the toughest guy in the corral, right? Right. So that, that's, <laughs> I mean- uh, you know, that always really appealed to me uh watching as a kid and and i and uh you know it's funny with scott casey here this is great because i I love scott and uh i always enjoyed watching him and when he worked for vince i used to say to my dad as a young kid why don't they put him with ron bass and make them a tag team
0: exactly and
5: and, and here's a young kid seeing the potential there to have scott become a heel yeah you know you know, so I just always saw that, uh, either whether you're a good guy or bad guy, the, the Cowboys are generally the toughest guys on the block or in the corral. And, uh, you know, when I broke in almost 22 years ago, right. Um, it just, uh, the promoter at the time said, we don't have any Cowboys up here. And I said, well, you're talking to the right guy.
0: <laughs> exactly.
5: And I said, I've been trying to, to want to do that. Cause they put me into like a military gimmick. And, uh, when I, well, like I was trained by Glamour boy, Shane, who made okay. most of his name in Puerto Rico, Shane sure. Sewell, right. And, uh, Shane only ever trained two guys, myself and Bobby rude. And even wow. though Scott Demore likes to say he trained Bobby rude, he yeah. may have had a hand in Bobby Roode after the fact, Yeah. but I was there. So I know who trained Bobby Roode because we trained yeah. together. Sure. So anyways, um, they put me in a military gimmick and, you know, and work in some indie shows. And mm-hmm. I wasn't comfortable. It wasn't my thing. Right. And uh, he said, Well, we, you know, with your, the way you talk, because I am a country boy, a Canadian country boy. Sure. And uh, to, g- the best way to get heat up here is to say you're from, you know, you're an American and you're a bad guy and to say sure. you're a Texan,
0: especially wow. when you go
5: into Quebec. Well, sure.
0: To- I mean, it's, it's pretty much a given with a name like Tyrant Eric Dawson. Yeah. You know, no, nobody's going to mistake you as a baby face for sure.
5: True. And that's why every time I wrestle in Quebec, they yell at me in French, and I start yelling at them going, I don't understand Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. And they get you know, <laughs> yeah. that just gets me more heat. So, so let me uh, let's ask
0: you guys a question. Why do we love guys like Blackjack Mulligan? and Dick Slater and guys like uh, Black Jack Lanza uh, uh, you know uh, Cowboy Billy Shane Uh, and on the other hand guys like Chief Billy White Wolf Wahoo McDaniel Chief Jay Strongbow Why, why do we love that is that is there something visceral about that 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 we, yes. that we we find our childhood in that? or Somebody explain this to me. Or all of you, in fact.
1: I'll give you my take really quick, Angelo. Go ahead, Jeff. As, as a fan, it, it goes back to the same reason why the Cowboys versus the Redskins football game always ignites that rivalry. It's Cowboys versus the Indians. It's always held true. It will always hold true. You read about it in your history books. There you
0: yeah. go. What do you think, Jody?
3: Basically, this is about what he said. It goes back to Cowboys and Indians. But we take it to the ring, but we give them a different different show. Well, let, you
0: know what? You brought up a good point there. Taking it to the ring is an extension of that that old west rivalry. Now you got two guys facing off, you know, one cowboy, one Indian. Especially if the Indian is a baby face like Wahoo, you know, facing a, a heel like, um, you know, Black Jack Mulligan in his in his day, or Black Jack Lanza, you know, you got guys like that, uh, you know, d- telling the story. And what what is the story? Is I'd it... like
2: to interject something.
0: Go ahead. Yeah, Scott, jump in. Go ahead.
2: Well, you're talking about... Blackjack, Mulligan, and Lanzon, Wahoo, and all these guys. That I Instead of wrestling, I call it dancing. I danced with all these guys many, many times. And the thing about it is you have to really, if you are going to be portrayed as a cowboy or an Indian or a clown, it doesn't matter, you have to have that inside you. It has to come out. Like somebody right. once said, well, this guy, he has it. Well, what the hell is it? It's just yeah. he has it, and the people believe in it. You know, I mean, sure. like for me, I could—I I was a cowboy. I, I could shoe horses, I could ride them, rope them, and all this other stuff. And I had sixty acres down in San Antonio that I had that I worked out on. Right. But it was just something that was embedded in me, and it, you know, and if you you know if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best, like Rick Flair said, but. Sure. You had to be the best at what you did. And that's what yeah. these guys did. You know, like Mulligan. I, you know, what a giant he was. 6'9". Yeah, uh, sure. Nine, six foot. But it's just, we got over real good with our matches, you know. We had different things going on and on all the time. But you just have to believe in yourself. You really do. And portray it. The people will get it. If, if you do a good enough job of it, they yeah. will believe in you, you know. That's the I'm,
0: truth. I'm Sorry to interrupt there, but. Well, no, but but in your case, being a cowboy was a shoot.
2: It, yes, it was.
0: Yeah. And did that work for you, or did it some to some degree work against you, uh, Scott?
2: It it worked for me great, you know, because I I was down in San Antonio for about oh, almost ten years, and uh, we used to have a uh, big. Uh, uh, kind of like a rodeo you know we'd have guys out there racing their horses uh grids, right. pigs uh you you name it and uh, we just it was it, it worked for me because you know people knew that i i'm, I'm legged anyway and, and i chewed red man <laughs> chewing tobacco and drank cold beer and, yes what, sir and the people loved it you know but it, it, and it uh, i even we had a gimmick one time Bobby Jagger's and I, and I had horses, and he was saying everybody I was a drugstore cowboy, and we rode yeah. our horses to the ring. Now try doing that with horses with thousands of people around you. You know it's yeah it's tough. But we did it, you know, and I, people believed in it.
4: You know, so sure it
2: is. You, you got to put your heart and soul into it, you know, and if you don't, yeah, absolutely it's because they're as smart as we are now.
0: Dusty know? Joe, how, how authentically. Did being a cowboy come for you? Did did you embrace the character right away?
3: Well, when I first started out, believe it or not, I wore a a hood. And uh, I went as a Hollywood knight. But my grandfather got out of that. And portrayed back into what I wanted to be. Right. Once I took part of that character which I'm the same out of the ring as I am in the ring, but once I'm in the ring, that character kicks in and most of the time I can get the people to eat out of my hand.
0: Is it natural for you? Yeah. How did it come naturally for you? What 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 psychology do you use?
3: Uh, it's the everyday life on people. That's,
0: that's you know, so to you, get, you portray yeah. yourself. Yeah. You you portray yourself and you just ramp it up a little bit.
3: Yeah.
0: Jeff, j- jump in here, Jeff. I want you to to kind of I
1: enjoy I've enjoyed everybody's take. Actually I was gonna comment to Dusty really quick. I see the picture behind you with Ivan Koff. I love it by the way. Um I got that a great, a great dear friend of mine, very, very good friend of mine. Yeah. Jeff. Um, yeah i Jeff knew Ivan very well. So, uh, um, but uh, I was going to ask you guys, you know, what was it that, and and I'll take it from all three of you, what defines being a baby face cowboy versus being a heel cowboy? Good question, Jeff. And I'll start with Dusty
3: Scott, then go ahead, everybody. Well, baby face. Babyface for me come easy because I'm I'm the same I'm nice to everybody. Right. But right? I'm gonna be the fans cowboy that goes in and takes care of the bad guy. Cause right. the fans are booing and I got to do my job to satisfy them people that's sitting out there. That's my partake on this. And you know, as the heel, it would be easier to work as a heel yep. because, because you don't have
0: to dance as hard as you do as a baby face. Well, I was just going to ask you that question: is is it is it harder for you to work as a heel or easier? we we had a guy on last week who worked babyface his pretty much just only his last two or three matches but worked heel pretty much his whole career and he said yeah. it was that he found it easier working as a babyface he said for him it was looser it's interesting i guess it all depends on on who you are uh, eric jump in here how yeah. about you is it easier for you to working the heel gimmick?
5: Well, it is for me because, and this is the one thing that Shane told me from day one, he said, your mannerisms and your facial expressions and the way you move, you're a heel. Just naturally. Oh, uh-huh, okay. And he said, uh, I think you could be a, a decent face. He said, but just the way you know, when you slam somebody, you get like a growl on your face. You, you, you grimace and you, you know, and I, and I don't know if these younger guys, uh, today that I run into, I don't know if they really, they're, they're so wrapped up with, uh, getting all their moves in and yep. they don't, they don't realize that when it comes right down to TV. Okay. And I, and, and I haven't worked for Vince. Okay. So I'm not Stop. saying, but at the end of the day, what sells you the most is your face, Right. Sure, and I, and I don't mean baby face. I mean your like physical face, and how yeah. uh, that helps you sell your character. Oh, and, absolutely! Uh, yeah. So for for me, that it, it came such a so naturally for me, and sure. uh, even when I played high school football, and I was a linebacker, and my coaches used to say to me because I was also the defensive captain, so I would call right. plays, and I was very loud and vocal. And he said, you're a real tyrant out there. So that's where that came from. But he said, but you're a real cowboy too. Like you're very much, you know, like a real hard-nosed brawler, you know, get in there, you know. Exactly. And, uh, and, uh, but so 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 for me, I I think it just came naturally for the heel stuff. Now, when I was one half, or I still am, I guess, one half of the Texas Hellraisers without Law Scott Chase, it was getting to that point where, we were getting baby face heat for doing all the bad things. So well, I think it stop also- right there. Let's let,
0: stop right there. I want to talk to you about that.
5: Yeah. But we also had okay. Angelina Love as a manager. So that kind of helped.
0: It, yeah. That- <laughs> yeah. yeah.
5: Let's put it this way, brother. It didn't hurt yanni No. And she was just starting out in the business. Right. Here's the thing. It's interesting
0: that you say that. Yeah. How do you switch your ring psychology to take on that other persona? Or well, do you?
5: Well, it, it depends. See, for me, it depends on the crowd, right? Okay. It's so like you can to the audience. Right. Which I, a lot of new guys don't, right? But if you kind of listen or, or or see what the fans are doing, And if you do something bad and they cheer you, normally, you know, they should be booing you. It's like, wow, wait a minute here. Like they're going to, no matter what we do, they like us for whatever reason, maybe because we have cool cowboy hats and they like our hats or as I like to say, my, my cowboy boots will have the best boots in the biz. Right. Right. But, uh, that, you know, I think sometimes the crowd can like the, today's crowd is very smart.
0: Yeah, well, it, now th- that's a question, Scott Casey. Let me ask you: Are we too smart for our own good? Yes. Well, I tell you
2: what: I got many a fight outside of a bar because they thought that I was a phony person, and we had really business. I mean, you know, beat the hell out of people, and I'll never forget this one guy's about six foot six and said something, and I stood up and he stood up, and then he started walking backwards, and I thought. Hell, I'm smaller than him, and I turned around and Andre the Giant, who was my very dear friend, <laughs> <laughs> all, there you that's go. That.
0: That's uh, funny.
2: Anyway, but you know, Andre. It, it just it just depends on the guys that trained you. I mean, I had guys showing me how to walk, talk, move, wink, everything. And there's a lot of guys nowadays, in my yep. own personal opinion. Instead of telling the story, and they're they're, you know, they have a script to go by, but they don't yeah. tell the story, with, you know, and they don't.
0: Well, like, you know what, Scott? Know. Let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. Okay. When did we lose the emotional investment in that?
2: I don't know. It must have been in the eighties or nineties. I don't I, in the late nineties, something like that. I, was the I retired 90s. in ninety. I'm sorry.
1: I was, I think it's probably the late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: is that I, when you, you think? Know, like, I was I was just going to say, is that, is that when you think people were like smartened up to the internet and the the dirt sheets yeah. and that sort of thing?
2: Yep. Yeah, it was. You know, I mean, back when I was doing it, you had to tell a story. You had to, you know, and high spots meant something. Instead of just jumping up in air and, you know, whatever. Yeah.
0: And, and, they and they high spots jump. were used, yeah, the high spots were used very, very infrequently. And the reason is, and people don't understand this between today and yesterday, the difference is the rope, the ropes were a lot looser. Today, the ropes are tightened up for high spots. Yep. Yeah. Back in That's the day, true. if if a two hundred and fifty pound guy climbed the ropes, guess what, brother, he was gonna bust his ass. That's right.
2: You're right. You know, I tell you I, I have a, a certain thing I'd like to interject here. You know, we're talking about and, selling and, everything. Sure. and this was something that was taught to me oh god, years ago. I went I was in Los Angeles. And we were working at some arena there and I walked out and I see Lou Fez. And for you, that people that don't know who he was, he was a world champion. Unbelievable man. And he's peering through the curtains when the first match is on. And I said, Lou, what, what are you doing? I said, you were seven times world champion. What are yeah. you looking at? He said, he said, Scott, you can always learn something and steal something from yep. somebody. even yep. in the first match. I didn't and, want and, to You know,
0: it. as you're telling that story, Dusty Joe Slater is showing us an amazing photo of Lou Thez. Remarkable picture. I knew Lou Thez. He was a great man. Yeah, he's, he's got right. a milk. Was her. And uh, in his 60s and 70s, he could still stretch you like a pretzel. He was.
1: He He wrestled his last match when he was seventy something years old against Masachona over in Japan.
5: Japan. Yeah. yeah. Yes, That's he right. did. Yep.
2: He was quite a guy.
0: It, we, yeah. So, Scott, know. let me let me ask you a question, Scott. What happened to the art of selling?
2: Well, I tell you what. I don't know how they're doing it. I mean, because. Yeah. I was taught how to sell. I mean, guys like Brute Bernard, sweet Hanson, you know, uh, Chuck O'Connor or John Studd, whatever you want to call him. I mean, these guys taught me in the ring. I would do something. They say, sell that kid, sell it, sell it. Yeah. Selling hard enough. You're doing, you're not doing this or that. And I, it's like, they told me, they said, look, you want to make a living at this. Then learn how to sell because you're a baby face. And that's the way I did it. You know, it's, yeah, you just have to. And I don't know. I mean, I watch these guys nowadays, and I'm, you know, they're making a hell of a lot more money than I ever made.
4: So oh God, Yeah. Criticize
2: them on that point, but they just—it seems like they start out at 120 and work their way up to 200 as far as speed. You know, I mean, it's yeah. Not, they're not telling the story. They're not. Making it where the people appreciate the baby face of the hill. I mean it's yeah, it's, true. That's really my own opinion. So I mean I may be way off base or wrong on that, but you know, it's just No,
0: you know, I you I'm know sure. what, Scott, I, I think, think you're 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 right on target. Dusty Joe, jump in here.
3: Yeah. Today's wrestling, if you want to call it that. It's not believable. The fans know what's gonna happen before. It ever starts. True, like Scott said, we had to tell a storyline back then, and that that brought the people into the illusion that everything was real that we was
0: doing. Right. Jeff, part- the rep, I got a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. Did we lose the art of believability and suspension of disbelief? And if so, how do we get it back? Can we?
1: I don't know that we can ever get it back other than what I had told you, which was, you know, last week off off the air. But the one thing I had said would be for every dirt sheet internet writer out there from your Dave Meltzer to your Brian Alvarez to your, you know, Bruce Mitchell, any of them, if you got a, a known website that fans go to, everybody just quit putting your internet, the, the news info up there every day. You know, make it to where they got to mail in again. Make it to where you got to have the newsletter mailed to you. When Dave Meltzer only had, you know, a conglomerate of, you know, three to 5,000 fans that were mailing in, he made his money. And he made a nice little chunk of change off of them. And there was only a certain group of fans that were smart to the business. Once they all started finding that, I mean, what is the point of me as a fan or any fan out there? I don't care if you don't like the way the business is today. But what you were saying about Dusty, when they already know ahead of time, why am I going to watch that pay-per-view if I already know who's supposed to be winning?
0: Yeah, well, you know what, Jeff? That's a real good point. Um, Eric, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. Are the federations making a mistake by stooging out to the, uh, the dirt sheets?
5: Hmm. Well, it depends on how you look at it. Because I think, I think with Vince... Uh, or I guess AEW now too. Right. Uh, they they look at it as we want people to tune in. So if we kind of uh, leak this ourselves and leak the information and beat Meltzer to it, and leak well, that's the information, the we. I was, I'm glad you went there, brother. Because right. that's
0: where I was going with this. Yeah. Because so, so here's the question I have for all of you guys. What's the real benefit? Is there any or does everybody get hurt?
5: I don't think there's a
0: benefit in it.
5: Like I you know, I'm at I'm at a weird I'm at that weird phase where I started in ninety-eight. Actually I started in ninety-six, but I started with one trainer and then it didn't work out, and then I finally finished with Shane Sewell in ninety-eight. But Shane still made me earn it to get in. And he was still very old school and there w- the internet wasn't as dominant then either um you know so you really had to work these indie shows and still tell a story because you weren't on TV you didn't have TV yeah. to help the fans weren't going there already understanding why you're wrestling this guy and what's going on so you had to tell the story and uh, so over the you know almost 22 years I've seen that really change to the point yeah. where I, I you know th- i worked a guy in the summer and i said okay well i'll feed your comeback and he just looked at me yeah confused, and he's like what is so what he is didn't know name? what you were talking about yeah he he didn't and i'm just like oh am i am i at that point where i'm <laughs> you know
4: yeah but uh i don't
5: i don't i don't like uh i don't like today's product and in fact yeah i, I don't watch a lot of it um I, to be honest with you, I haven't watched any WWE stuff probably since uh, 2016. I did watch WrestleMania in 2018 uh, because my friend invited me over to his house and I didn't want to be rude. But, yeah. uh, you know, I've watched a little bit of AEW. I do like NWA power. Like, I like what Corgan's trying to do. Okay. You know, because that gives it a That's bit fair of a, statement. Yeah. Um, do You think
0: he's successful in what he's trying to do. And where are his characters?
5: Yeah. I think he surrounded himself with a few guys that uh, probably wouldn't lead him in that direction of old school, though. Like, Colt Cabana is not yeah. somebody that, uh, Yep. you know. True, true, yeah. And I've been around Colt a few times, and, you know, he's a nice enough guy or whatever. Uh, but he—he, he, I don't think he has the respect for the business that I do. Or or nah. probably what Dusty does, or definitely what's like a legend like Scott Casey does. Yeah, you know, right. like col Cold has figured out a way to make money off this business and still be a goofball. And treat it I like know, a I goofball business. I just don't understand business. that. Yeah. And well, I found out that uh like he's part owner and pro wrestling Tees. So not yep. only not only is he making money off of himself and his stuff, he's making money off all these other guys that are getting these and I just about anyways.
0: Jeff the ref, I got a question for you. Yeah, you're my uh, you're my resident historian here. Uh, I'm going to ask you to put that little that computer brain of yours at work. When did the cowboy wrestler disappear, brother?
1: I think that they're still used sparingly today. Explain. Um, again, well, NWA power, you got a, a throwback of, of Trevor Murdoch, who's a throwback to Dick Murdoch. And, and, you know, if you compare Dick Murdoch as a cowboy type character, well, yeah. um, he's
0: got a legacy. And, True. Yeah. You know,
1: um, I think uh, on most indies out there, most of the independents out there, especially down in, down South in the Carolina, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, right. um, you're going to still find the cowboy gimmick alive and well, because well, the proof is in
0: the pudding, you know, look uh dusty Joe Slater makes his living in North Carolina. There you go. You know
1: um, I mean, cause it, what I was going to say is cause you know, somebody like black Jack Mulligan is, is still looked at as a God down here. Yeah. You know? Sure. And, you know, so to a lot of fans, you know, they get into it and, uh, I I don't know that the cowboy gimmick is so much dead as it is that it 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 just takes the right person to have yes. that wo- that rugged, rugged I guess you could call it rugged cowboy. Maybe the five o'clock shadow with the deeper, darker mustache and yeah, maybe a wad of chaw in their mouth. I mean,
0: you know, so- if, if you if, if you guys are familiar, and I know you all are. With Blackjack Mulligan and Blackjack Lonza, when they were a heel team working as uh, the Blackjacks, they were feared and they were loathsome and you wanted to, you, you loved to hate them. But the same team did not change their gimmick and worked as a face and were over like Rover.
5: Yep. yep. Absolutely. Well, that, that, yeah. They, they were so so over that the fans didn't care what they did. They just loved seeing them. It didn't matter what they did, right?
0: Scott Casey, I got a question for you, my friend. Okay. All right, Scott, did political correctness put the kibosh on the Cowboy and Indian? Probably.
5: You
2: know, I mean, I was going to bring up something about the AD. Wahoo McDaniels, for all you young guys, was the meanest, toughest, S.O.B., god ever put a pair of wrestling boots on and he could make anybody i don't the most critical observer believe in him this man had a chop i wrestled him one time for 45 minutes in Gallup, new mexico of all places and i had nothing but whelps on me i mean he was unbelievable you know and i kind of got off on something there but it's just you were talking earlier about people believing. Uh, what yeah. the guys were doing, or something like that. There was another guy. His name was John Valentine. His son Greg.
0: Oh yeah, Johnny Valentine. Uh, sure.
2: Yeah, I wrestled him at High Point TV in Charlotte, North. But uh, it was High Point, North Carolina. I guess that's what it was. But anyway, we uh, we're in the ring. And he's just whaling the you-know-what out of me every which Mm -hmm. way. I mean, except hit me in the groin or in the face or anything like that. He just beat on me, and beat on me, and he knocked me out of the ring. And I'm on the apron, and Angelo Martinelli was the referee, and he's talking to John. And John had long, blonde hair. And I sit there and touch him. I'm on the apron, and I'm saying, bye, God. I'm fifteen hundred miles from Texas, but I'm damn sure I'm not gonna let anybody beat on me without giving them a receipt.
4: <laughs>
2: I hit this son of yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying not to cuss here. I hit this guy so hard I buckled his knees. And you know what he did? He goes, "I love it." He was masochistic. I mean, he loved being hit. I don't know. I liked it stiff. But between the two of them. I don't know which one I'd take as being the toughest. Probably Wahoo. But, I mean, it's
0: yeah. amazing what this guy can do. Yeah. Oh, we can't had, uh, that, that's funny because we had uh, Jimmy Valiant on a few weeks ago. Talked about Johnny Valentine and how he loved to lay it in and He loved to work stiff and snug.
2: I hit him with everything I could. I, I mean, i hit him in the stomach, in the back, in the chest, forearms. You know, we try not to hit each other in the face or the groin. Right. But I oh, mean, sure. You have got to be tough
0: to get in with these guys. You really, yeah. Do. Jeff, what what was it that uh, Johnny Valentine used to say? He
1: said, "If you, you may not believe the others, but I can sure make I'll make sure that you make that you believe in me. I'll make you believe what I do is real."
0: Yeah. Yeah. When
1: people
4: sure said
0: yeah, when the people used to, to say to him, you know, well, you're just one of them fake wrestlers. He would say to them, with what Jeff just said, you know, I can't make you believe that wrestling is real, but I'll make you believe I'm real. Yep.
1: Absolutely.
0: I'll tell you what, Wahoo McDaniel, he
1: chopped me one time. Me, me, even as a referee, and he was already not wrestling anymore. His health was already starting to go. His diabetes; he was on dialysis. Yeah. Uh, but they still, you know, he would get in to throw his chop spot every now and then. Right. And, and all, all he did was he said, I'm going to whip you in and you just come. He said, just feed right into it. Okay. Yeah. I swear to God, I had lightning shoot out of my ass. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, 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 I got
2: to say, Wahoo said to me one time, I went out of the rain, came back in, and started wailing on him. He said, Don't worry about the mule, just load the wagon. In other words, keep after it. Yeah. And he was was, a good guy, I liked him a lot. Yeah, yeah, he was. I I mean, I lived with him in a a condo there in San Antonio for two years, and we (laughs) there's too many x-rated things I can't say about it, but we had
3: a I'm sure, you know, it
2: really
0: was. Dusty Joe Slater, where did you come up with Dusty Joe Slater? Do what now? I said, Where'd you come up with (laughs) Dusty Joe Slater? Give me the story behind that.
3: Well, I was watching that movie George Strait had it, and he portrayed that character as Dusty on there, and that caught caught my thing in my head. I was already going by Joe Slater, right? And I was portraying to be Dick Slater's. Nephew.
0: Oh, gotcha. Okay.
3: I took the Slater from dirty Dick Slater.
0: Right.
3: I, I liked his ethics of wrestling. He right. could be a face one second and then he turned me the crook this heel you ever seen. Yep.
0: Did you know him? Did you know dirty Dick?
3: I, I never met him.
0: Really? You,
2: hey, I work with a guy, rode with a guy, and I'm telling you, he was one of the toughest men outside of Wahoo I ever met. Do you remember the, uh, It was a football player who played for the Oakland Raiders, uh, John Matuzak? Oh, sure. Foot nine, 300 pounds. I watched yeah. Dick Slater knock him out one night with a punch.
4: <laughs>
1: yeah. He was
2: uh, belittling our profession. Yep. And Slater caught him with a good right hand, and boom, he went down like a ton of
1: bricks there 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 is the infamous story that dark journey was brought into the business by dick slater he had met her at a ladies club we'll say and uh or a gentleman's club and he asked her if she wanted to come on as a valet she said yes and the two of them were evidently on the outs sting did not know about it sting was young and green and a rookie in the business. She called Sting up. She said, Hey, I need a ride to the show. Sting says, Sure, not. He was just being nice, a nice guy. Right. Gives her a ride to the show. Nothing happened. Dick Slater assumes that something did because of Dark Journey and who she was, evidently. Yeah. He proceeded to beat the bricks off of Sting in the locker room and gave, they said, I mean, to the point where. His makeup was smeared off of his face. His eyes were, were bruised up. He couldn't even put his makeup on that night. They had to have him cut a promo with sunglasses on, and he had like got a swirly like like he flushed his head down toilet totally like five times.
0: Unbelievable. It,
1: yeah, That's that, that,
0: I've actually heard that story, so I know there's some validity to it.
1: I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs>
4: you gotta kind of believe
1: it. I mean, like. And, and, you know, that was just that was like uh, Jimmy Garvin. You know, he he said, you know what? He had precious with him. You know, the one thing with her was being a valet in the business. She had to become one of the boys, so to say. And yeah. as far as turning her, her back on a lot of what she saw, because. Sure. She would, see, she would see a wife in one town and a girlfriend in another and have to. Absolutely. It all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: Uh, Jimmy Garvin actually just worked a show in North Bay, Ontario, Canada in December.
1: Get out of here. Right.
5: I, yep. And uh, he, well, he's from there. He's Canadian, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I guess he has a little home there and they're visiting relatives and the promoter got him to come in and, and do a seminar with uh, the boys and uh, he actually went out and worked a match that night. I'll tell
1: you what. For somebody who had such a full head of hair, he's a bald man
0: now. <laughs> That's yeah. True.
5: Yes. Yeah. No kidding.
0: But, uh, so Scott uh, Casey. To... Yes, sir. Cowboy Scott Casey. Let's talk a little bit about uh, this one last ride you got, brother. This book, amazing book, by the way. I'm about halfway through it. Um, I haven't uh, I haven't finished it yet, but I'm about halfway. Um, I'll tell you what, my friend, you, 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 first of all, God bless you for still walking. That's the first thing. <laughs> you, and you're letting, cause what? you know what I'm talking about. If you've read yeah. Scott Casey's book, One Last Ride, The Tales of Cowboy Scott Casey, it's a hell of a book. It's a great read. I encourage everybody to get it. You got to tell me about this bar fight that took place. I believe it was, I'm wanting to say, I'm wanting to say it took place in Amarillo in the funk territory.
2: Okay, I don't know which one you're referring to. Um, I I
0: believe it, it it was a fight involving a drunk patron, Terry and Dory Funk, yourself... And I'm not mistaken, I believe, uh, Ricky Romero or Rocky, Ricky Romero.
2: Well, we just, you know, after the matches, the baby faces would go to a bar. And if the heels came in, they'd be on the other side. And we were drinking and raising hell. And, I mean, we weren't being mean to anybody. And everybody knew who we were because of our TV show. But uh, we... (laughs) We got into it with some couple of guys, and I think one of them was a cowboy, you know, and he just didn't like my attitude or something. I mean, back then I was a I was a pretty boy, and the girls liked me, and I probably was flirting with his girlfriend, and uh, one thing came to another, and we had to see who was the toughest, you know. It just
4: sure. You know,
2: you know, I mean and, Yeah. And I, I, I'm saying this, but it's the truth. My looks got me into a lot of trouble with women, but I mean Oh, you
0: know, I know that's... they did. Well, first of all, let's be honest about it. You're you know, legit six six, you know, two hundred and seventy plus pounds, good looking guy. You know? You had a hell of a we mustache, don't... brother. That mustache got I you lean a lot. <laughs> I I
2: tell you, it it just amazed me how how hard I had to work out I, I, I told people I said I, I, I wrestled for 20 plus years six days a week Whether it was blind crippled or crazy I would be in the gym working out you know and people said why I said because I have a lot of pride in myself you know and my ego wouldn't let me get in that ring looking like a slob and so it just it was just the way it was you know I mean I was never 270 I was 250 and it was just like eating ten thousand calories a day to get the weight on. But when I went to New York, I, I wanted to have the size and the weight. I never had the height, but I had the size and the weight, you know. And it was right, but there was probably twenty-five or thirty guys had the same weight and size, but they were six-two, six-three, you know. Sure. that makes a difference, you know. And I want to say this too. I, I remember when I went up there to, we, we flew into Buffalo out of Dallas. Well, I, hell I've never been up there. So anyway, right. we get up there and there must've been 75 or 80 wrestlers there.
4: I wow. and, and guys
2: I hadn't seen in years. It, it, it was unbelievable. And, yeah. uh, and it was, it was quite an experience, even if I was just one of the girls in the show. And yeah. uh, like you said, Why didn't me and, uh, excuse me, the other cowboy, I can't think of his name now. Uh, tag, tag up, you know,
5: Ron Bass.
2: Yeah. Ron Bass. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, And I talked to Ron Bass two weeks before he died. He was down in in Tampa, Florida. Anyway. Oh, wow. You know, he he was quite a guy, but I, I think they had a committee of guys that judged people either by their reputation right. or their looks or something and i just didn't fit into the program yeah I never, I, I never forget when vince gave me my walking papers i, I walked in the dressing room and Vince said scott I need to talk to you and i said okay he said and i said first of all vince i said in 1990 do i have a job with you or not he said no I want you to go down to Atlanta and work there for a year and come back. We'll do something. Right. And, you know, I'm 42 years old at the time. So I said, no, I've had my, my, my fun. I said, you know, I said, Vince, I can accept failure when given a chance to fail. I said, but you guys never gave me the chance. I said all kinds of records in Texas. I'm not blowing my horn. You can look it up, but you never gave me the chance. But and George Animal Steel used to say to me, Relax, guys. Relax. relax, They'll work. Something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I couldn't relax because I wanted to be, I wanted to make some of that big money. You know? Right. I'll give you an example. Guys, I don't know how you guys have ever done on that business. I was in the first Survivor Series in 88. Right. Uh, I worked three minutes and uh, then Dino Bravo covered me. One, two, three. Right. Okay. But, took about three weeks or so before we got our check. I made $5,000 for three minutes. Never made that in my life. You know, so you can imagine what some of these guys are making, 50. Yeah. I remember Ricky Steamboat saying he made 50 grand.
4: Yeah.
2: Wow. So it's just the way it is. Yeah. And I'm not not crying boo-hoo me or nothing like that. Oh, sure. How many guys can say I went and worked for the WWF? Exactly. You know,
0: Dusty I Joe, try. I got a question for you. Yes, sir. Is you know, you've worked uh, singles, you've worked tag team. I know yes. you have a partner in your your tag team. Do you work differently as a tag team, as a doing uh, the, the cowboy gimmick, uh, or do you adjust your style uh, and? Do you prefer it over singles, knowing that you have another guy there that you can tag off of? Well, in my
3: tag team, uh, that's Cowboy Ray Gordon that I tag with. Uh, I kind of adjust my style from being in the singles to the tag because it's more – I take the heat more, and I let him – Come in for the hot tags
5: because
3: right. he's bigger. Than I am, but
0: I enjoy. Yeah, enjoyed he's the a tag big boy. I t- saw, I saw a picture of him. He's a pretty pretty stout dude.
3: Yeah, yeah he was. He was. He, he, and and not, not good, good health. Uh,
0: ah, okay. Is there a lot of competition among the cowboy wrestlers in your indie circuit? There's some, yeah. How do you handle that? Whether good, better, indifferent?
3: I just go out there and do what I do, and if they can't follow me up, well, that's her fault,
0: right? Eric, are you with me? Yes, yes, sir. Okay, let's talk about uh, singles versus tags. I know you've you've worked some tag, and uh, but largely you work singles. Do you adjust your style? And if so, what do you do? How do you implement a style change if you're working tag?
5: Well, uh, yeah. I uh, I try to implement more, like include my partner and do more like double team moves and more very dirty heelish moves as a team. Okay. And, uh, you know, I actually prefer tag. And, you know, and i <clears throat> outlaw scott chase and i have been tagging for 20 years this year the summer it'll be 20 years Mm. so you know it's to that point where we don't even really have to talk about it we just start to we just kind of read each other's mind and we know where we're going and and uh you know but you do have to it is a big adjustment because because then when i switch gears and i do singles yeah you know i kind of have to rely on making sure that uh you, you know i'm doing all the right things and i'm not getting burnt by the ref either something important eric
0: yeah well you know it or not you're prompted a question from me yes. when you when you're working with various guys and you couldn't you connect you click with a certain guy yeah. do you know it right away And and what is what's the telltale sign what what do you look for that you know that hey there's something here well
5: i'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you the story about how scott and i met scott sure. chase uh we we're in uh we we're doing an indie show in a small town uh near hamilton ontario canada and i think it was called jarvis ontario okay and I had been looking for a tag team partner because there wasn't enough like legitimate teams that would like tag regularly and had some sort of a gimmick and a look. And uh, I had talked to Eric Young about it, uh, but he wanted to do his own thing. And and, uh, and the, the only reason I spoke to him is because we kind of had the similar, like we had silver and black outfits and we were kind of similar the way we looked at the time. and Right. But uh, so, anyways, uh, I go in and I, I do the show, and they they said, "Oh, you know, we want you to." It was going to be a six man uh, or four man Survivor Series type main event. We had Brutus Beefcake on the show, and he was going to be on our team, and we're gonna we're gonna put you with this guy here. He wrestles this pretty boy Pat, and I thought, pretty boy Pat, well, that's kind of lame, you know. <laughs> But then, just talking to him, he was new in the business, and uh, when we got in the ring, we didn't even—it just clicked. Wow. We we grew up liking the same guys. Uh, I'm a big Barry Windham fan, and he's a big Barry Windham, Arn Anderson fan, and so our styles and the guys that we liked are very similar. Therefore, we knew, you know, how we were thinking as far as where we're going, and it clicked. And twenty years later, we're still tagging as much as we can. Beautiful. You know. Well, so
0: you, you are the the young pup in the crew. See that
5: what's that? Yeah, I am. I am uh, in my mid forties, forty five. Yeah.
0: Dusty Joe, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. When you started watching wrestling, who was your go-to guy? Who's the one guy you 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 just you had to watch when he was on TV?
3: I have so many favorites uh, it's just hard to tell but y'all was talking about Wahoo earlier Wahoo stuck stuck in my mind a whole lot too and I finally got to meet him and know him and he was a friend he was a good guy outside the business but you didn't want to piss him off in the business
0: right sure Scott Casey who, who was your go to guy Wahoo. He was the, sure. prob-
2: you know, I cried like a baby when he died. I mean, he and I were so close for, God, eight or nine years there in San Antonio. and uh, He was so believable. I mean, he'd get that Choctaw Chickasha looking, that's what he was, expression on his face, and you knew he was ready to explode on you. I mean, the yeah. guy was fantastic. I loved him to death.
0: I'll tell you what, I remember a series of matches that Wahoo had with, of all people, Superstar Billy Graham back in the day. Down
5: in Florida?
0: Yeah, I'm going to tell you if, if you want to see a clinic in wrestling, if you want to see how to work a match, watch Superstar Billy Graham and Wahoo McDaniel. Because those two guys put on a straight up pure wrestling clinic.
1: Why, Wahoo had a way with delivering yeah. the goods in the ring.
0: Yeah, he really did, Jeff. He really did.
5: Can I, Jeff, can I just, Jeff, uh, question, brother? Can I just uh, add something? Speaking of Wahoo, and we were talking earlier about political correctness and yeah. how that might have contributed to the demise of the cowboy character or the how it's. So. Here in, in Canada, we have northern tours, which you've probably all heard the tours from hell, and uh, yeah. I've I've been trying to get on them for years, okay? I finally... Uh, and, and they flipped from booker to booker, and now there's a guy in Ontario that does the booking. He said, Tyrant, he said, I can't take you up north to those native reserves doing this cowboy gimmick. He said, they, they'll they kill you. He said, you, you I can't... I, he goes. I'm not willing to to take you up there and and have it go wrong or or have a parent complain. And I'm like, yeah, but I'd get such great heat. They know it's a work. Yeah. He goes. Yeah, yeah I just don't want to risk it because he doesn't want that political correctness to deal with it, right? And I hate that about this business now.
0: Yeah, I know. But that, that, that a, a a guy in your position works his whole life. To garner that kind of heat, that's like m- heat is money for you.
5: Oh yeah, yeah, and, and that's the thing is like now we're 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 avoiding like regular heat or natural yeah. heat for the sake of political correctness because we don't want to upset the parent, you know, the board of parents that might, you know, come and protest or and say don't run these shows. And it's like oh my god, like uh, you know, like up here in Canada. I don't. I don't care what the media might say, but there's a lot more Trump people up here than what CNN is going to tell you about Canada. Sure. At least, at least what I've come across. Yeah. And uh, you know, we just shake our head. Like, if we could get a Trump, if we could get rid of Trudeau and, and get a Trump up here to fix this mess, that would be great you know, but of course I'll probably get, emails you, you and- can have your jeans.
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah. I'll
0: tell you what. Scott Casey, the book is oh, called God. one last ride. The tales of cowboy Scott Casey. I encourage everybody to get it. Scott. Thank you so much, my friend for joining us. You're more
2: than welcome. I really appreciate it. I'm glad. I'd be glad to come back anytime. And, uh, Meanwhile, I'm going to be doing meet and greets and trying to sell that book. I tell you, I've got yes, 240 pages in it. It's a lot of fun and laughter. And, you know, I didn't throw anybody under the bus. I did, you know, and I could have with some of the guys that were running around on their wives and stuff, but I never did that. So I just told some terrifically funny, funny stories.
0: It's so a, a great book. Chance, I encourage everybody to get it. And you know, Scott, that we're doing we're doing our part to to promote your book. It's okay, up on the website. Um, Tyrant Eric Dawson, thank you, my friend, my my young friend.
5: Well, thank for, you for uh, having me. And I, and I must say, I promoted Scott Casey's book on my uh, Facebook about a month ago, and I got a lot of people that were like liking it, going, "Oh my God, he wrote a book!" And I put up the link oh, for God. them to order it and buy it. I'm a, I'm a fan of Scott Casey, and. Uh, it's a great book, really. It's is. nice to get a chance to chat with him a little bit.
0: And, dealing, I and Dusty Joe Slater, Jody, yes, what? Thank, thank you, Jody Lewis, for joining us. And uh, you have anything you want to plug? Any social media?
3: Well, just believe in what we do. That's that's the way I want it to be. I don't want it like it is today. I want it as as Yesterday. yesterday, yesterday. I agree, I agree.
0: I agree my <laughs> friend. Well, I know, I know that J- Dusty Joe Slater's got one final good match left in him. He's got probably a good run left in him. So, if anybody out there listening want to book him,
5: you know, find him. He's in North Carolina. He's on Facebook. Uh, Should- I'd love to. I'd love to come down and work against him if he's a a, a babyface.
3: Yep, I'm babyface 100. There you go.
5: There yeah, you
3: go. I got that. I <laughs> and got he's got that some- Slater. <laughs> I got that Slater in me, so you better watch.
0: And he's got some great pictures on his wall. I've been looking at these pictures all night yeah. long. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, I got a whole my dear friend. What do you got to promote for Vanguard?
1: <laughs> oh, well, our next co- upcoming show is March the 14th. We're going to be at Hampton High School. Uh, we're bringing in Sergeant Slaughter for that one. Um this past weekend we uh we had the introduction of Colonel Robert Parker speaking of Cowboys. Nice um
5: with the Dirty Blondes,
4: right?
1: uh, Yeah, yeah. Robert Fuller, yep. And um he came in with a new tag team called the Dirty Blondes. It was uh unexpected. We didn't know that he was showing up, and there he is. So they're they're an awesome team. Yeah, they're very they're phenomenal. They're from MLW. You talk about throwback heels, heels. that can work almost that cowboy style that they, yeah. they, they would yeah. be one.
5: I love them. I watch their stuff Everyone, all the time. There they are. All right. Well, for me, uh,
0: it is always Wrestling With The Future yep. at Yahoo.com Facebook.com forward slash Wrestling With The Future. You can find us on Twitter at Wrestling Future. Uh, you can hit jeff the ref up on twitter at jeff the ref what is it jeff
3: i'm
1: i'm just uh, jeff rob 41977 up there
0: there you go all right and uh, anybody else who wants to contact us for comments uh, suggestions you have a guest you want to have on the show give us a, a hit up on facebook or uh, find us at wrestling with the Future at yahoo.com Wrestling with the future at gmail.com. And we are on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube. You name it, we're there. We are everywhere. All right, my friends, till next week. And we have one hell of a show next week. It's ladies' night. Yes, we have best of the women. And that's going everyone. to be on to JR's word. It's going to be a slobber knocker. It's <laughs> no. going to be a good show. Join us next week. As always, we're here every Tuesday, every Thursday. Wrestling with the future. We're signing off. Happy wrestling, everybody. Good night. Bye, everyone. And goodbye.